ESPN 94.1 FM at 930 present The Drive. Brought to you by Huntington Federal Savings Bank. Local then, local now. Never FDIC. It is Tuesday, November 17th, and your drive begins now on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. I'm your host, Paul Swan. This hour, we are presented by Huntington Federal Savings Bank, and our phone lines this hour are brought to you by Miller Lite, 877-420-TALK. That's 877-420-8255. Miller Lite, whole true great taste. It's only 96 calories. It is the original light beer. Today's going to be an interesting show because yesterday... We're getting set, preparing for Marshall, taking on Charlotte. Looking forward to it. We had Doc Holliday yesterday and you know, coming off the win against Middle Tennessee in the 75 game. Everything was looking pretty good. And then we find out in the evening that Charlotte can't go, COVID-19. So that comes out Monday evening. I'm actually, I'm at home I'm trying to get dinner going and, I see the notification, so all of a sudden I'm trying to get a confirmation. Hey, is this real? And yes, it was confirmed. It was real. So the game on Saturday, November 21st, the language here used is postponed due to COVID-19 testing within the 49ers program. Now, I don't know what the schedule flexibility will be to get this one in because Marshall doesn't have a game next week. And after that, I just don't know what you're going to be able to do because unless Conference USA just reworks the makeup games, could there be a scenario in which Marshall doesn't play Rice but instead plays Charlotte because it's a division game? And you want to have the integrity of the division, even though you would lose a game no matter what, everybody's losing a game, it feels like, that you would have the division games reset I mean, that's just me pondering. I have no basis for for thinking that other than if I'm trying to reschedule, wouldn't I look at the schedule and go, okay, Marshall has to play Charlotte and then FIU. And then if Marshall comes out on top of Charlotte and FIU, there's no question they're the East Division champion. And you're basing everything on East Division standings. And, you know, is that the thinking here? Is that something that I'm just coming up with? I don't know what you do here in this situation because you're running out of games. You've already pushed this conference championship back a couple weeks so you can get these games in. Or do you just look at the schedule and go, all right, who's got a game? Let's get Marshall a game. And do you do that? Of course, looking at that game on the 28th, that open spot there, that was going to be the Old Dominion game. And I've done this exercise before. No, Marshall can't play anybody there. Everybody else is playing in conference. So what do you do? And you look at because we're we're almost wrapping up the season here. If we were going by the original calendar here, we're wrapping up the season here in the next couple of weeks. But instead, it's been extended because of the makeup games. So what do you do here? Well, for Marshall, do you look at that game as okay? We have to have this one over Rice. Do you talk to Conference USA? Say, what do you do here? I mean, I can't even imagine. You know what the conversations are looking like right now. And so with everything going on, just the fact that Marshall was able to get in as many games as it already has, that's an impressive feat as it is. 
And so you hope everything goes well. Does Marshall find a, a game next week just to stay competitive, stay in practice? What, what does Marshall do in this situation? And we don't know yet. Or do you just take a couple of weeks off and then get ready for Rice and then get ready for FIU? Because I'm looking at Charlotte's schedule right now, and the game against Marshall postponed, and then the game against Western Kentucky comes up on the 28th. Then you got the game against FIU on the 5th. They still have a postponed game with Middle Tennessee. So how do you how do you work all of that in? How do you make all of that happen on the schedule? And I don't know how you can answer that question because you, know, you have to look at the schedule and go, okay, well, FIU's already got a, a makeup date with, with Marshall. Do you rework Charlotte's schedule and then... Do you work Middle Tennessee? And if you're Charlotte, see, I'm trying to think and connect all the dots here. I just don't know what you do to make this fair and equitable. But I'm thinking, though, if you're looking at a game that you can make up, you know, maybe Marshall makes up the game with Charlotte and not Rice. Or we just accept the fact that this is going to be what the schedule looks like. And then Marshall, if it goes undefeated, should be in the East Division championship slot to face off against the West Division champion. Because, you know, I'm looking at Middle Tennessee's schedule as well to see what they've got. And I'm sure they're going to try to do a makeup game as well. And I wouldn't want to do a short turnaround. I don't think that would be fair, trying to do one of these play on a, a short week and then, no, because this isn't the NFL. So a lot of this has been going through my head today, just you know, running these exercises through trying to come up with a logical way to do this without having all of the pieces of the puzzle here and not being privy to any of the conversations, what the schedule makers are going to be doing, what the institutions are going to be doing. Because, again, that's the language here. But that was a question to me yesterday. It's like, Paul, did you see this? It says that it's postponed, that Charlotte wants to reschedule what do you think of this? And I thought, well, I don't think they're going to just outright say it's canceled. I think they are legitimately going to look at the schedule and see if there's an opportunity, if there's a way to make this happen here. But because this was a, what Mike Hill said, he's a Charlotte director of athletics. He said, we were really looking forward to this game. Um, Marshall is a tremendous team. It was a big opportunity to compete against them. And, uh, you know, the release and everything that's come out basically said uh, the two schools will work with Conference USA to reschedule the game, although they do not share a common open date. And this is something that really has plagued Charlotte. This is Charlotte's third consecutive week that the game has either been postponed or canceled. And so far, Marshall has not been the cause of any of the cancellations on its schedule. None of the cancellations on the schedule due to anything Marshall has done. So Marshall's done its part. And again, can I say with 100% certainty that the program has been 100% COVID-free? I I don't have those answers. But I'm sure if there have been cases that the contact tracing has happened and everything has come out good and nothing detrimental to the entire student population of the team or the managers or the coaches. I think we've been good for the most part. Marshall's been able to play football. 
That's the short answer. Marshall's been able to play football here. And so what what does that do for us? Where does that leave us? Well, we got a couple weeks off, unless there's a schedule change. And would Marshall take a non-conference opponent, plug a non-conference opponent in next week, or would Marshall just take the time, get ready again, get set, get rested, whatever you want to do, take that time to focus on itself and get ready for Rice, get ready for FIU, and then hopefully you're playing for conference championship. You're playing host in that conference championship game. That's that's your goal right now because I don't see how you make this one up. I mean, that's why the league pushed the, cha- the championship back a couple weeks. You pushed it back so you could have some room to play with here. And then you got to look at, okay, Rice, you got to make that game up. But do you? That, that's, that's the thing. Do you rework the schedule and say, okay, here's how we're doing it. We're going to flip some games here so Marshall can play Charlotte and Marshall can play FIU. But again, Charlotte in this equation as well, Charlotte – has several games it needs to be made up. So how, how do you how do you look at the standings and go, okay, here's here's how it shakes out. Here's how we do this. Here's how we make it fair. And that's the big question here is how do you make this fair and still Marshall can claim outright be the East Division champion? Because sure, it's it might have a little bias coming from me, but I thought Marshall was definitely going to be Odds-on favor to winning the East Division here. The way the Thundering Herd has played, I feel like Marshall, odds-on favorite here. Undefeated so far in conference play. Undefeated so far, period. And if Marshall could have got past Charlotte, which I felt like the Herd could. If Marshall could beat Rice, which I feel like the Herd can. If Marshall can beat FIU, which I feel like the Herd can. I mean, then all you have to do is just prepare for the team that's coming from the West Division, and Marshall's going to play host. Marshall's going to be that team to play host the championship the way Marshall would like it. Because right now, the football schedule has played Marshall's favorite because Marshall hasn't had to travel much. The road games have been few and far between, and I like it this way, actually. Especially during this season, the way the schedule has played out, the way that Mike Hamrick has been able to fill some holes in the schedule— you know, not needlessly traveling. Instead, if you're going to have to play a football game to get some games on the schedule, play at home. Do not take the risk. Don't go anywhere. Play at home. Bring a team in. But you're running out of options. There's not too many teams you can bring in. And you got to get these conference games. you got to get them, most of them in. So that's where I'm at right now, just trying to figure out where do you put this in perspective? How do you plug this in? How do you make this work? Do you flip opponents? Do you play it as is and go from there and just say, look, sorry, Charlotte, you, you don't have enough games. Thanks for playing. We can't we can't make up enough games for you to be you know, considered and, and go with the other schools as well. Look, sorry, you tried your very best, and we appreciate that, but at the end of the day, you don't have enough games. And so the teams that were able to compete and the teams that were able to win and the teams that were able to keep their squad healthy, you really don't want to say you're taking away from them. I mean, because right now Marshall's 4-0 in the in the league. 4-0. 7-0 overall, 4-0. UAB 2-1 in the West. Louisiana Tech's 3-2. UTSA's 3-2. 
Yeah, FAU's four and one. So Marshall already has a tiebreaker there. Marshall's got the tiebreaker with FAU, Western Kentucky, Middle Tennessee. Marshall's got the tiebreakers there, but there won't be any tiebreakers needed because Middle two and four, Western Kentucky's two and three, and Charlotte two and one. Running out of time, running out of games here. So FIU. That's it. FIU and Charlotte. I mean, Rice is one and one right now in conference play. Are they even a factor? Are we even really entertaining that they would be a factor? Do they need that game more? And you know, so if you're conference USA, do you look at this and go, okay, let's make up that Charlotte game and let's keep that FIU game makeup on the schedule and then let Rice try to figure out what it needs to do. Maybe Rice can make up a game on the West Division. But at the same time, I don't see a scenario where this is completely clean. But Marshall does have the tiebreaker with FAU. Marshall has the tiebreaker with Western Kentucky. Marshall has the tiebreaker with Middle. But you're not going to need those tiebreakers for Middle. You don't need that tiebreaker with Middle. Middle too far down, two and four. You don't need it. Western Kentucky's two and three. And right now, I just don't see it unless... Charlotte can get all its games in, and FAU can get its games in. You know, Marshall, Marshall's just got to win out. That's it. Marshall's just got to win out. That's that's the only place I can take this exercise right now. Again, you know, I'm going on limited information. What's available to me? It's all speculation on my part. Something could come out later tonight from the athletic department. Something could come out from the league tomorrow. It could be completely different than what we've even talked about and speculated about. And that's all right, because I am. Fortunately, don't have all the information, but at the same time, I can go places. I can talk about certain things, and it's okay because it's speculative, and I understand that. But I don't see the avenues here right now. At least I have limited visibility. I'm driving. It's foggy. I have limited visibility here. All I know is Marshall won't play again until a couple weeks unless something's added to the schedule. And I don't know what Mike Hamrick's doing. If he's working that phone right now, if he's trying to figure out what do I do, what's going to be in the best interest of my team, my program. And at the same time, you got to look at it from the standpoint here. Marshall's got four conference games in. Marshall's got them in. And one was a crossover game and three division games. FIU's being made up. So you've got that on the schedule unless it gets pulled again. And that leaves Charlotte in the division. You want to make that one up, right? Because right now I see that having more value than the Rice game. You bring Charlotte in and you free Rice up. Let Rice go elsewhere. Let Rice get a game in elsewhere. Unless you want Rice on the schedule. I mean, that's that's something that I, I'm anticipating. I'm completely anticipating because here are the games that Rice has had postponed. Marshall, UAB. UTSA, Louisiana Tech. And so Rice will have North Texas. They will have UTEP. And then, as it stands right now, going to be at Marshall and then take on UAB. And wouldn't you look at this schedule and go, all right, wouldn't you instead want to maybe take Rice and, and try to work in one of those West Division games do some, I mean, and, and can it happen? Can you go 
and alter the schedule, or do you just say, look, okay, these are the cards you're, everyone's dealt with. If Marshall goes undefeated, Marshall's the East Division champion, and they're going to play host in the championship game. That's it. It's done. Thanks for playing. If you got a problem, wear a mask and, and keep your program clean. It's not as that simple, but those things do help. Social distancing, wear your mask, and all the other things that we've been told, and trying to lock your program down, be vigilant. That's one thing I love about Doc. These kids have bought in. He has basically said, look, this is what happens if you don't do these things. You like to play football. I like to coach football. Let's all do the things that we need to do so we can do what we like, and that is play football and let me coach football. So far, it's worked for the Thundering Herd. And that's where we're at right now, looking for anything to grasp at because you know, I, I had a full week plan. We were going to talk Marshall football. We were going to preview this game, look ahead. We, we were going to have player interviews today, all of that. I was able to talk to Grant Wells today, all the stuff that is happening well for him. He's racking up more honors, and that kid's having a great season. I mean, it's – Sure, it's been challenging, but still he's having a great season and he looks like he's having fun and he's getting better as a quarterback and everything that that goes with it. I was excited today to talk to him. No, can't talk to him now. Don't have a game. Hopefully I get to talk to him here in a week or so. Or will Marshall just take the time off and we'll get to talk to him You know, when we get closer to Rice? I don't know, but that's where we're at right now. I feel like we're in the situation where we were a few months ago where after everything was shut down, it's like, how do you do this show? How do you do this show? And we're more local-centric than national. I'm not going to talk NBA, NHL, NFL all day long, every week. That's not me. Talk Marshall. We're going to get into the things that you care about and you know, work all that stuff in. But that's how I feel right now. We're just at that point. What, what do we do for the next few days? Well, we got basketball. That we do have. And yesterday you heard from Dan D'Antoni. If you missed that, you can check it out on the podcast version of the program. All you have to do is find us on Apple Podcast or wherever you get your podcast. When we come back from break, we've got a couple of basketball interviews we're going to start with. I've got Tavion Kinsey. Talked to him yesterday. And I'll also have Jared West. I was part of the media call with those two young men yesterday. And so we're going to hear from them when we continue. We'll start with Tavion when we return on today's edition of The Drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. This is The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. We're presented by Huntington Federal Savings Bank. Welcome back to today's edition of The Drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. I'm your host, Paul Swan. Thanks for being a part of today's program. Looking forward to getting us back to football soon. But we're going to transition over to basketball as the Thundering Herd will be in action next Wednesday and next Friday. We'll have that action for you. I go on the air at 5. Steve Cotton goes on the air at 5.30. The game tips off at 6 right here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 9.30. Speaking of basketball, I had a chance to catch up with a few other members of the media yesterday with Tavion Kenzie and also got to speak to Jared West. We'll hear from him later, but Tavion Kenzie was our first interview for Basketball Day yesterday. 
And the first thing I got a chance to ask him was just, I was kind of curious, you were in your quarantine or when you're locking down or you're staying away from basketball activities and you're a basketball player, just what do you do with that time? And that's where we start with Tavion Kinsey. You're back. You got to get started all over again, it feels like. Uh, Yeah, it's a a process. It's a lot of trials and tribulations in our way that then stopped us a little bit kind of upsets me a little bit that we got to keep going through this but um I don't think we're the only team in the country that has to go through this so I mean whatever it takes for us to be safe and healthy I think it's necessary how are you personally just going through all this uh, I mean you what are you doing to try to to get through these periods where you start and then you stop again and then you start back up uh, me personally, uh, in my off time, I, I read. I read books. Reading this book on confidence right now. Um, sit in my room. I do push-ups. I just, I just try to relax um, because I know it could get. I love basketball so much that taking time off and having a season coming, it can get to me and mess with my mind a little bit. So I try to just relax and enjoy my time off. Take it as a, a blessing. Look at it in a positive way. Um, I try to nurture my body and make sure that I'm healthy. I do a lot of stretching, meditating, things like that to um, keep me sane while I'm waiting for us to return back to playing. So, tell you how difficult. I know that the start-stop effect, but you start looking forward to practice and trying to get that routine every day. Is it almost worse? Like, which was worse? You all not starting practice on time or starting practice and then having to stop in the middle of it? I think starting practice and then having to stop. I only say that because um, if you <laughs> if you stay ready, you don't got to get ready. That's why I always knew. So being able to not start practice on the time, like on time, was not a problem to me because I've been working all summer on basketball and even the times when I was off, I studied basketball and things like that. So I think going through practice, getting to jail with our younger players and then us getting our jail back that we had from last year, it's kind of hard to start to get that going because we have to keep stopping. And um, so I, I would say, you know, stopping during the season while we're already practicing is probably the hardest. Well, you all look at, at what you do too. You all start to get that chemistry you take two weeks off, it, it's going to be – how do you keep guys from getting frustrated around you? Because it's not going to be as smooth as what it might have been that last day that you all were on the floor together. Um, can't, look at, can't get too high, can't get too low. Got to stay level-headed, especially because we're going to face a lot of things. You know, um, Coach, Coach Jackson always taught me that personally, not, not to get too high, not to get too low. And I try to give it to some of the, the younger guys and things like that. It's not going to be an easy season. It hasn't even been an easy year in life in general, you know. So uh, basketball, it it probably isn't going to go how we expected it to go or how we're used to it going. But you got to adapt and um, be able to train your mind and things and keeping your head. And when we do get to play, being ready to be focused and tuned in and then um, being ready for us to – possibly stop again or get canceled again you got to be able to stomach that too so I think you know like it's like I said not getting too high not getting too low but just staying level-headed just going with the flow of things 
you look and it was finally announced today. You all have got a set game time next Wednesday, 6 p.m. Like, does that add a little bit of normalcy? Does that sort of give you something to look forward to just because it's been so uncertain so far? Definitely. You know me, I, I love basketball. I think this team loves basketball as well. We've been waiting. You know, it's it's going to be pretty, pretty tough for us. You know, we got a couple of younger guys. We still got to learn some things. We um, got to hop right back into it and get right back focused. I think that's going to be the hardest for us to get right into being focused starting tomorrow, starting today, actually preparing yourself before tomorrow and then coming in and being focused. Um, but knowing that we have a set time for next week for a game adds a little relief to the pressure of, hey, are we going to play? Hey, what's going to happen? Hey, but – I think um, we just go with the flow, practice hard this week, and um, leave it up to God, and he'll take care of the rest. Do you all go at practice a little more intense over the next week, just knowing that you've missed out on three or four weeks out of six weeks of preseason? Oh, of course. I'm bringing the intensity. I know Jared, he brings intensity. Our older guys have to bring the intensity in practice. Um, it's no playing around. It's no not focusing in everybody has to lock in harder than what they ever had to now because I feel like you never know when your time is going to get cut from this game right now. So I think we got to lock in and play some, a lot of more basketball and um, get the working out going hard at what we do hard at every single thing, knowing that we got a game to prepare for next Wednesday. So you have a game next week and now it's going to be a game played with, at least a limited number of fans is that is having the fans in the stands i know you said that you guys kind of feed off that energy at times is that is that i guess how impactful is that to have some fans in a covid world that we live in still still come to a basketball game man it, it means a lot especially here at um marshall university our fans are everything you know some of the some of the best teams have talked about our fans when they came in to play us and been like wow we've never experienced this even on a high major, you know, high um, major college teams. So just to have a little bit of those fans, I know they're going to bring the energy that we need and kind of got to focus in a little bit more, bring our own energy because we usually feed off the crowd. And I think this year we're going to have to feed off ourselves first. And then the crowd that does get to come in is going to help us a lot. So. Those are the words of Tavion Kenzie getting set for the game next week. Thundering Herd hopefully will be an action, limited crowd. Uh, don't forget, you've got a couple of days, I believe, till tomorrow to put your name in that lottery. you got to log on to HerdZone.com with your ticket account, your season ticket holder from 2019. I think it's open to big green members as well. All the details are on HerdZone.com. If you want to be on that lottery, you want to be among those very select few that can come and see the Thundering Herd play its first game of the 2020-21 season. When we continue, we're going to hear from Jared West on today's edition of The Drive, ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. Don't worry. Paul Swan has the wheel on The Drive, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Our phone lines this hour brought to you by Miller Lite. Welcome back to The Drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930, presented by Huntington Federal Savings Bank. Our next interview, I've got Jared West. He was on the Zoom call with us yesterday. And uh, let me set this up for you. Jared comes in, and we all know Jared. He's a hard worker, probably the hardest working guy on the team. He sets the standard. He goes at it every day, every hour. 
and he hasn't had a chance to touch a basketball since everything was shut down. He comes in on the Zoom call, basketball in hand. He's like hanging on to it. That's some dedication there. It's like he's traveling everywhere. You know, traveling is not allowed. You can't travel with the ball in basketball, but he's traveling everywhere. So hopefully he's not setting up some bad habits here. So he is hanging on to that ball, not letting it go because he knows. He knows. He might not get a shot at this ball again. It could be taken away. We don't know. We don't know what the future holds. So he's hanging on to it right now. And that's where we start. He's got the ball in his hand, and he's um, getting ready to talk to us. And that's, um, I think that's a good starting point here with Jared West when he talked to us yesterday on Zoom. So, so what would you do with all that time? Since you didn't have a ball in your hand, what were you doing? Um. A lot of rest and a lot of homework. You know, I was trying to knock out as much work as possible. Um, I'm almost done with pretty much all my classes now. That's the only probably upside to it. I got some rest. My body got a little recovery, you know. Um, but it was hard. It was kind of boring. <laughs> and it was it's just tough, you know, not being able to do anything. But I tried to be positive about it. And um, so I got a lot of homework done. So that's good. How much were you and Tay and some of the guys just texting back and forth like, yeah, when's this going to end? Like, when can we get back on the court? Yeah, we, we talked a lot about it, honestly. We know that there's so many unknowns and that everything is kind of so up in the air right now. Um, and we know, we know that. We understand that. So we're, we're just trying to stay positive about it and stay as prepared as possible. Obviously, it's been very frustrating. And we've talked about it a lot over the last you know couple months or so. But um, especially this last couple of weeks, because we have a game next week, I, feel, <laughs> I think that's the toughest thing to really think about is that we have a, a real game next week and we haven't been in the gym in two weeks together as a team. So, um, but we've discussed it. We know, we understand what's at stake. I think the most important thing is just being able to adjust and adapt to the circumstances. I honestly feel like the teams that do that the best have the best chance down the stretch to uh, win a lot of games and uh, make runs and tournaments and stuff like that. So, um, you know, we just got to adjust and adapt and um, understand the circumstances that we have and work with them. Does it make this limited non-conference schedule then even more important just to get ready for conference? I mean, sure, you want to win them all, but it's not going to be much pressure on you compared to conference using these games as sort of that practice you're not getting. Yeah, for sure. I think um, – you know, obviously, conference is very important. Uh, I think non-conference, and because we have a pretty good non-conference schedule, I know we don't have any Power 5 teams on the schedule non-conference, but we play some good teams, and I think that's going to be good for us as far as preparation for the conference. But it's more important now than ever because it's less games, and we don't get any exhibition games, less practice time. The We, we have so much less game reps before conference play and before like real games start. So these non-conference games are very important for us as far as just kind of getting our feet wet, getting back in the flow and uh, playing basketball really. So Jared, which is the most important aspect of, of you all return to the court today and then going full board tomorrow? Is it the conditioning aspect or is it the chemistry aspect? Um, I think those both are very important. I, I think, uh, I think we can get back in shape pretty quick. Honestly, I think over this next week or so, we'll, we'll be fine as far as the conditioning. Obviously, it'll take us a couple of days to get back in the flow. But I think we can uh, 
get that together pretty quick. I would say the chemistry more so because uh, we still got some young guys that are, you know, trying to figure things out and some principles and stuff that the team as a whole have to figure out. And, um, you know, with guys being in and out, it's just tough sometimes for the team to get acclimated to each other, for everybody to get the reps that they want to get. So um, I think chemistry-wise over this next week, we really got to lock in and buckle in and buckle down about, uh, you know, principles and style of play and um, how we're going to do things and really get acclimated together before uh, before our game next week. I mentioned it to Tay, and it's like, you know, it was one thing to stop before practice started and, and delay the start of practice, but for you all to start practice and then have to stop, not only is that frustrating, but, but you know getting back on the court, things aren't going to run as smooth as, as what they did. How do you keep guys, as a leader, how do you keep guys from getting frustrated with that and, and keep their heads up as they try and get this thing right again? Yeah, um, I remember actually how the last restart came up after we had COVID. And that first day or two, it was it was a little – you could tell we were rusty. But, um, you know, it's hard to just not touch a ball for two weeks and then get back in the gym and expect things to go smooth, especially in a team sport. Um, so – as a leader, I just try to be positive and be encouraging. You know, I don't want anybody to get discouraged about, you know, coming in and not doing everything right on the first day or two and stuff like that, making mistakes. Obviously, that's part of it. We're going to make mistakes. But um, I think it's just about staying confident and, um, you know, getting back in the flow, getting as many reps as possible. I think the, the important thing is when we get out here to just go hard and compete and and really try to get back in the flow of things. I think the more game speed stuff that we do, the more acclimated we'll get and the faster it'll be. You mentioned that. Does that increase the intensity for <laughs> – it's like you can't just sort of slide into this thing and ease into this thing. You all got to go 150 miles an hour right from the jump, don't you? Yeah, I think, um, you know, today we're just shooting. And I think tomorrow and probably the next day we'll ease into it a little bit more. But – I think toward the end of this week, we'll start to ramp it up a little bit and try to get back to um, playing full speed, playing hard, harder drills, more competitive uh, stuff, just to get back in the flow and stuff like that. You know, you don't want to go 100 miles an hour like on the first day just because, you know, injury risk and um, everybody's trying to get back in shape and stuff like that. And, be, and besides, we don't, we still don't have everybody. So it's still tough in that regard. but. We'll probably wrap it up at the uh, end of this week, I'd say, because we do have to get back in the flow before our game next week. Jared, speaking of that game, now you got, you know, it's been announced, now you guys can play in front, you know, in front of these fans at the game. How big of a deal was that, knowing that, I know you said last time we spoke that this team's going to have to bring its own energy this season? Um, I think the fans is very important. Um, I know it's not you know, six or 7,000 like we'd like, but at the same time to get uh, 13,000 or 1,300 in this gym is still, uh, that's still a big plus for us. You know, we're at home and um, I think the crowd will do its part even though it's not uh, nearly as many people. But at, at the same time, we do still have to bring our own energy because uh, we won't be playing um, in gyms that have as much fans as us still, you know, so That'll be an adjustment for us, and I think the most important thing is that we bring our own, or bring our own energy uh, every game and not necessarily rely on the, the fans. You know, having our fans at home is great because we can build off of that, but not every team or not every gym is going to have as many fans as us, so we have to be ready to bring our own energy every game.
See, I don't think he's, in that last statement, I don't think he's dropping shade. He's just pointing out a fact that, look, we've been in a lot of gymnasiums. They don't have that many fans. And so that's not going to be something that's a, a new thing to us. We're used to going into opposing gyms, needing to bring our own energy. I don't think that's shade whatsoever. But it could be taken as such. And at the same time, it's a fact. Look at some of these games Marshall goes to. Marshall has a good core, 6,000 fans, 5,000, 6,000 fans. The Henderson Center is not exactly being sold out. Let's go ahead and say that and be up front and honest. Let's be very upfront and honest. It's not being sold out. But there have been some really good crowds there. And you've got a great core of fans that are there no matter what. Good 5,000, I'd say five, 6,000 fans on, on average, a good core there. And you don't see that at other places. So bringing energy will be a challenge, but at the same time, Marshall's already used to it. At least a lot of the players on this squad, very used to it. We're going to wrap today's show up when we continue. Final time out. we got to pay some bills, and we do that now here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. You're listening to The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. We are wrapping up today's edition of The Drive, presented by Huntington Federal Savings Bank on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. So where do we go from here? We got to wait a couple of weeks for a Marshall football game, or do we have some surprises in store for us? I don't know what they're cooking up right now over in the athletic department, but we're going to sit back, watch, listen, see if something good happens. Maybe we're going to get a game here in a week or so. I don't know. Or Marshall's just going to have a couple of weeks off before Rice, FIU, and then potentially, most likely, the Conference USA Championship game. It's uh, it's feeling pretty good right now. Or we're going to see a complete reschedule here. And we're going to see a couple of league games get shuffled around so Marshall can play Charlotte and FIU and keep those games in the division. Marshall can win out the division if it goes perfect, play for the championship, play at Jones C. Edwards Stadium. That's least where I'm going with it right now as I work it out. I don't have all the pieces. Nobody does except the athletic department, and even then, they might be working with a half deck right now and trying to figure out what they're going to do with the cards they have. And that's going to do it for this edition. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. Appreciate it. I had a salesperson that uh, say that. Appreciate you. Appreciate you. It's kind of stuck with me. So I appreciate you. Thanks for tuning in. Back tomorrow. We'll do it all over again right here, ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. home of the Marshall Thundering Herd and The Drive with Paul Swan, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930.